Brother Cowan on the morning, but he is in a good mood and he is excited about what God is doing, not just in the church university, but what he's doing right here in Rensselaer as well. Can you say amen? Take me down just a little bit. I'm sounding hollow up here. Lord knows I don't want to sound hollow. Praise God. You know what? I just remember. Sister Betty had a birthday this week. Praise God. Everybody give Sister Betty a hand for her birthday. nowadays in the world we live in is a miracle. Can you say amen? Yeah. It's a miracle. You might have loved ones that aren't saved and you're saying, Brother Cowan, if I pray for them, is that a miracle? The greatest miracle you'll ever witness in your life is the salvation of the soul. Going from mortality to immortality through one single prayer, the blood of Jesus, the atonement of your sins by God's grace and through his mercy, saving that soul is the greatest miracle you'll ever witness in your life. And if you're not saved and you're here today, you can witness that miracle within your life as well. So do miracles still happen? Yes, they do. I believe they do. I've experienced them. I've seen them. I preached at a church two weeks ago down in Columbus, Indiana on a Sunday night. And a guy came up on crutches. Three days earlier, he had just had a knee replacement surgery. Anybody had knee replacement surgery before? I don't know what it's like. But he came up hobbling. He could barely move on those crutches that were helping him. Well, I laid hands on him, prayed for him, the power of God hit him. Literally two minutes later, he was running around and jumping up and down, totally healed in that knee. I saw him on Friday night. He was like, praise God, Brother Cal. It's like I got a brand new knee. God still heals. God still heals. I think I told you the story where I had injured my collarbone, went to bed. God said, speak to that collarbone. You can be healed. I laid there in bed, wanted to wake my wife up so she could take care of me. I'm, I'm not like any other man. I like to be baby when I'm not feeling good or when I'm sick. Me and Bob, I think, are a lot alike in that area. <laughs> and um, praise God, the next thing I know, man, the pain was gone. I'm like, my kid, help me in bed. I was in so much pain. The pain was gone. Why? Because God's still in the healing business. And I'm sure just about every single person in this place either needs a healing, needs a miracle in your life, or knows somebody that does. In today's message, we're going to talk about the power that is in the name of Jesus, not just to transform lives, but to heal lives as well. Can you say amen? Now, the only reason why I say can you say amen all the time is because you don't do it on your own. You just start doing it on your own. I could save a whole lot of time. We'd probably get out of here about 10 minutes early. You say, can you say amen all the time? First time I ever heard that brother speaking. <laughs> See, God's still in the miracle business. Open your Bibles, if you would, to John the 16th chapter. And I, I got a lot, of, I mean, I got a lot of scriptures today, so I gave the whole list to Brother TJ before we even got started, man, so that, you know, I ain't got to wait on him, you ain't got to wait on him, because I know half you didn't bring your Bibles anyway, but that's all right. As long as I got mine and he's got that, everybody's going to see what God said in the scripture. John 16, verse 23. 16, 23. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in... If I do that, I want you to say it. Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in... My name, he will give it to you. He will give it to you. Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. It doesn't say whatsoever you ask the Father in Pastor Allen's name. It doesn't say whatsoever you shall ask the Father in Paul's name, in Peter's name, in Mary's name, in anybody's name. 
It says, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. And who is my name? That is Jesus Christ. Why? Because Christ was the sacrifice that went to the cross. And the healing power, it says what in Isaiah 53rd chapter? It says, by his stripes ye are healed. It doesn't say that by Brother Jerry's stripes, by Brother Gene's stripes, or anybody else's stripes ye are healed. It says, by his stripes ye are healed. And that's why when you go to the Father, he said, you go in my name. It says, why does it say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody shall come to the Father but by who? But by Jesus, that's right. So we can sit there, we can get our names, and we can pray anybody we want. Allah, Buddha, it doesn't matter, call on deaf ears unless you go to the Father in Jesus' name. Whatsoever you shall ask in Jesus' name. All right, James chapter 5, verse 16. James 5 and 16. And since we got a lot of these scriptures, I'm going to zip through them today. I, I know there's somebody out there saying right now, Brother Cal, I just wish you'd skip this message, just get up here so I can be prayed for. And I know, but hold on, man, it is coming. Well, what if the rapture takes place first? You're going to have a glorified body then anyway if you're right. But God, you ain't got to worry about your healing. So just hold on. Let me get these scriptures out there. Because I know there's some people out there like Brother Marty. He's like, you know, I want to hear these scriptures today. So hold on. If you're out there, you're saying, I want to get the healing. We're going to get to you. Don't worry about it. I will not let you leave without being prayed for. How many want to be prayed for today? Are you sick? Are you hurt? I'd be raising my hand like prayer. I'd put both hands up. Hit me, brother. Hit me with both of them. Come on. Somebody say amen. James 5, 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be what? Healed. healed. Say it again. Healed. That ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So why are we to pray one for another? That ye may be healed. Healed from what? Whatever it is that ails you. Well, Brother Count, I got a corn on my toe and I'm kind of embarrassed. Does it ail you? Go up for prayer. I got a cough I can't get rid of. Go up for prayer. I got a bad tooth. Go up for prayer. I got a hemorrhoid. Go up for prayer. I got arthritis. Go up for prayer. I got cancer. Go up for prayer. I'm losing my hair. Go up for prayer. It rhymes, too. It's even better. <laughs> but we like to limit God on what he can do and what he can't do. Now, if you go up for prayer, God say, hey, man, my grace is sufficient for, for thee. That's your authority of the flesh, and so be it. But you're never going to know unless you go up to God for prayer and ask him to pray for it. As a pastor, and I'm going to make this personal here just for about 25 seconds, okay, as far as this body is concerned. And then I'll go back to teaching university like I normally do. But as a pastor, sometimes I get tired of sitting in this office and hearing second and third hand about people that are in the hospital, people that are sick, never calling me one prayer. Do you not believe in the power of prayer? Do you not believe that God can heal you? If I sat here this week was one year that I've been here in Rensselaer, Indiana, and if I sat here and preached for one year, you don't believe the healing power still exists today? Do you believe that the healing power still rests at the bottom of a medicine bottle? Now, I believe that God has given doctors wisdom so they can prescribe medicine. But before I get that bottle of medicine, I'm going to reach out to the one who created everything under the sun and see if he might be able to heal if he wants to heal me first according to his will. Well, you don't know how many times I hear about somebody in this church that is sick. The moment, oh, yeah, they were sick three days ago, Pastor. Now, why didn't I hear about it? <laughs> You know what I'm going to start saying when I see you? Oh, man, so you still don't believe the power of prayer. Huh? You ain't called me all week. Let me know you're sick. Ooh, get quiet in here, Brother James. That's that rebel Jesus. Come on. Pick up the phone and make the call. What's the Bible say, Sister Julia? If two or three more of my name agree, there I shall be also. Well, we're all going to lay huddle up against the wall, puking our guts out, not wanting to call out on the name of God. And say amen. amen. Just because I look in your direction, are you feeling guilty or something? <laughs> yeah. 
Acts 3. Now, Matthew 10, verse 28. Now, I'm going to get off of that Rensselaer Crosby Worship Center stump for a minute. Go back. And get, now I'm not talking about you guys anymore. Now I'm talking about everybody's going to listen to this podcast. That's one of the 68 podcast downloads last week. Praise God. Amen. And I ain't tooting the horn of this church. I mean, 68 people out there are, are hearing the word of God and trying to do something about it. Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. Matthew 10 and 28. Yeah, I never should have gave him that list. He's faster than me on this thing now. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both the soul and body in hell. Verse 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your faith? That well, I got the wrong scripture on that. Go back to 28. Skip this scripture. I wrote the wrong one now. That's on me. I apologize to you folks there, because that was a good scripture I was supposed to read. It ain't getting read now, so I apologize. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together in the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they made daily to gain the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go to the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes on him, and John said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I give in thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, this man has been lame since he was in his mother's womb. And daily, it says, they took him and laid him at the gate of the temple. So he lay daily at that temple gate while Christ every day walked into that temple. Christ walked past that lame man every single day that he walked into that temple and never reached out and touched his hand and rose him up to heal him. Why? Because God knew that the healing that was going to take place in that man's life was going to be needed for a different time. And that was the case here because they were going into the temple basically to defend the gospel of Christ. They were about to be imprisoned and put in jail and possibly executed as the scripture tells us before that, because they were preaching the gospel of Christ. And now here they go walking into a temple past a man that Christ walked past daily as he went in there. And they look down, they say, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. So now as they enter in and they're being put on trial, the man comes in jumping and dancing. And now they can't accuse of anything. And they're, and they're taken out and they're released. Why? Because of the power in the name of Jesus. The entire testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ is the life-transforming power that he has in his name and how he can transform our lives. And through this testimony now, the name of Jesus Christ, they can continue the mission. They can continue fulfilling the great commission that God and Christ had commissioned them to do. But what I want to really lock on to in the scriptures, if they wouldn't have said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he never would have got up and walked. Because the power that they had was in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? amen? There's still power in the name of Jesus. And Christians walk around all the time. And we never proclaim the name of Jesus. We don't realize that there's power in that name. We don't realize that he wants to do stuff in our lives. That he wants to challenge us. That he wants to deliver us. That he wants us to have victory. That he doesn't want us to be in pain anymore. He doesn't want us to be sorrowful anymore. He doesn't want us hurting anymore. And he's just saying, call out my name. There's still power in my name. And the church refuses to do it because we want to be politically correct. We don't want to sit there and have the media knocking on our door. And he's saying, just call out to me and I shall give thee rest. There's power in the name of Jesus. 
Luke chapter 1 and verse 42. Now I might step on a few toes when I say what I'm about to say, but I don't do it in a bad way. I do it under the authority of the Holy Spirit. Well, who says he gave you that authority? He gave us all that authority. We just choose not to use it. Luke 1, verse 42. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Now, I'm going to get back to that scripture. While you're waiting for me, go to Philippians 2. 9 through 11. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. We're going to read this. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above what? Every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, whether you like what I'm going to say or not, it doesn't amount to a hill of beans to me, because I'm just reading the Bible and what the Bible says. But there is no other name on this earth blessed higher than Jesus. Amen. I don't care whether you're Lutheran, Baptist, Methodist, Assembly of God, whatever denomination you might cling and hold on to, there is no name upon this earth that is greater and mightier than the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. There is no name in heaven and earth that nobody else should bow to than the name of Jesus Christ. There is power in that name. That's the name we, we worship. That's the name that's going to resurrect your body when you pass and you go from mortal immortality. It is in that name that you're going to receive your healing. And it is not in the name of Mary, Peter, Paul, John, or anybody else. Mary was blessed. J.L. was blessed in the Bible. But guess what? Their name is not greater, and they are not greater than Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We're going to read that scripture again so you don't think this is my opinion. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. That means things in hell are still going to bow and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. No name greater than Jesus. There's no name greater than Jesus. My name ain't great. Peyton Manning's name ain't great. Steve Jobs' name ain't great. There is no name greater on this earth than Jesus' name. And when you get down on your knees and you accept him as your Lord and your personal Savior, now you've got that power in the name of Jesus in you. And it's time the church today woke up and started exercising that power. Everybody wants to give their opinion, but they don't want to give the name behind the opinion. And God is saying, start proclaiming, shouting my name from the rooftop to the world and watch them begin to bow their knees. But instead, the church today is backed up in the corner. We whisper, we get on social media, but we refuse to go stand out on the corner and proclaim the mighty name of Jesus. Let me tell you something. Homosexual marriage is wrong. Abortion is wrong. Alcohol and drug abuse is wrong. Tobacco is wrong. And through the mighty name of Jesus Christ, you can be delivered from it today. But if you don't want to be delivered of it, don't call on his name because when you call on his name he's going to eliminate it from your life can you say amen turn with me to Acts the 4th chapter Acts chapter 4 and verse 30 
by stretching forth thy hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus, by the name of the holy child Jesus, verse 31, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken. And when they had prayed, that place was shaken. When? After they prayed in the name of Jesus. When they prayed in the name of Jesus, the place was shaken. If you want change in your life and you're tired of the direction that it's going, you need to touch some God, begin praying in the name of Jesus, and your life will be shaken. The very foundation that you stand on, the very foundation that you felt like everything was right, is wrong if it's not on the name of Jesus. I don't care where you work. I don't care who your mommy is. I don't care who your daddy is. They are second in nature to the name of Jesus in your life if you're born again Christian. If your family in your life is more important than Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you've got a problem. I love my wife dearly, but Jesus comes before her. I love you, baby. <laughs> but there's none greater, none greater than Jesus. And it's time that the church got back to him. It's time that we, we quit worrying about how many people are in the seats and how much offering is in the bag and who goes to this church and who goes to that church and just get back to the simple foundational truth that there's power in the name of Jesus and your life will be transformed if you accept him today. That you do not have to live in the conditions that you're in. That Satan attacks our minds, the fear, the anxiety. He helps up there lie to us and tell us that we don't count, that we've raised our kids wrong, that our job were insignificant, that nobody in the world loves us, and that's just an attack of the enemy. And God's saying there's power in the name of Jesus when he comes against you in that area. Take authority over the devil, cast him out, say, get thee behind me, Satan, for me and my house we shall serve the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Psalms 47 and 1. And this scripture really doesn't go that much with the message, but I think it's going to explain who I am a little bit. Psalms 47 and 1. Oh, clap your hands on you. People shout to God with a voice of triumph. That's why I'm loud and boisterous the way I am. That's why you're like, look, Brother Tom, could you just take it easy this morning? I had a rough night last night. I didn't get until 2 o'clock. Could you just tone it down a little bit? No. I like to clap my hands. I like to shout. Why? Because it's a command of the Bible. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with the voice of triumph if you feel like it or if you haven't had a bad evening. See, but TJ forgot to put the rest of that scripture right on the <laughs> Oh, clap your hands, all your people. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. As long as that's what you were taught to do by mom and dad. If they told you to sit down and set up the house, God, that's what you need to do. Hey, if they told you that, they were wrong. Scripturally speaking. I jump, shout, clap my hands. Why? Because God gave me the freedom to it. How did he give me the freedom to do it? Because the power of the name of Jesus Christ. Woo! Amen. Everybody stand to your feet, clap, and shout a little bit. That place was a ball. Say amen. amen. 
Hey, all right, man. I'll tell you what. I'll be like, hey, man, brother, come. I need a touch from God. Hey, I do need a touch, man. Hey, just because I'm a pastor don't mean I don't have needs. Don't mean I don't get sick. Don't mean I hurt. Don't mean the enemy comes against me. I need, I need it just as well as everybody else does. There ain't a person in here that doesn't have a need, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. And if you say, I don't have a need, what you need is more of Jesus in your life. No Holy Spirit. And I don't think that's where you guys, that's somebody else. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 1. Woo! I need to stay in town, I think, Brother James. Got these glasses on, pray God, and touch these eyes. Next week, I'll be up there like this. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. In times past, he spoke through the prophets. Hath in these last days, the days that we are living, spoken unto us by who? His Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. We're going to stop right there for a minute, but we're not going anywhere. We're going to say that scripture now. Through his Son, he has appointed heir of all things. What does that mean? Christ owns it all. Christ owns it all. He owns these chairs. He owns those streets. He owns those buildings. He owns your bank account. He owns it all. He created it all. He owns it all. Well, I beg to differ, Brother Cowan. I own my own bank account. I give to God what I want to give to God. And if it ain't 10% of the time of what you make, you're robbing it from God because he owns it, but What do you mean? And that ain't even in my notes, but somebody made me hear this. So I'm going to let you hear Everything you have, God owns. It says in Scripture, I own everything under the sun. I own the paycheck. I own the car. I own the family. I own it all. It's on loan to you. And I expect you, as a believer in me, through the power of my name, to be a good steward of all that I give to you. Therefore, pay the tithe of the church. If not, you're robbing God, you're cursed with the curse, and that's probably where your problems are stemming from to begin with. Malachi 3 tells you, if you rob God, you're cursed with the curse. Well, I don't believe I should have to give 10%. So I don't care what you believe. You probably believe in Allah, too. I think I can get away with giving 5%. The word, you know what the word tithe translated into Hebrew and the Greek means? The tenth. The tenth. That's why you get 10%. And don't sit there and say, well, Christ came to do what? Fulfill the law and did away with that. It was long before the law, honey. It was added to the law. They've been paying tithes since the beginning of Genesis. The law didn't come into place until Exodus. Ain't that right, Christian? Come on, say amen. There you go. Cheat with me if none of you else are. I know I got two people on my side right now, my wife and her. Everybody else keep giving me that look. In the name of Jesus, shut up. That's all right, English. But we're heirs of all things, Christ was. Now, Romans 8, 17 tells us what? We are what? Joint heirs with Christ. So all the promises that Christ fulfills, everything that he has and wants to do for us, guess what? We're joint heirs with him according to Romans 8, 17. We are joint heirs with Christ when we do what? Believe in the power of his name, accept him as our Lord and personal Savior. So now through his son, he has spoken that and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with who? With Wanda? I'm sure somebody's a joint heir with her, but I'd rather be joint heir with Christ than Wanda. No, no, offense, sister, I think you're a great woman. I'd rather be a joint heir of Christ. 
If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be what? Glorified together. So now back to Hebrews 1. Verse 3 now. Who being the brightness of his glory, the expressed image of his person, and upholdeth all things by the word of his power. So now we are an heir unto the throne, and those things that he has given us, those things that he does for us, now he upholds those things in our life. Let me tell you something, church. The world will let you down. Your job will let you down. Your health will let you down. Your family will let you down. But Jesus Christ will uphold all things. He will never let you down. Why? Because there's power in his name. When everything else around you is falling down, he will uphold all things in your life. As long as you are a joint heir with him, as long as you believe in the power of his name, the church will let you down because man will always let you down. But there is one that has never let you down. There is one that is sitting on the throne. His name is Jesus Christ, and he will uphold you in all things according to his will. Verse 3, I'll finish it out. Upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had made himself, purged our sins, and sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. He sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Why did he sit down? Turn to Psalms chapter 110, verse 1, and it says, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies a footstool. I'm going to repeat that. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Church, your enemies are your footstool. When you are walking in the power of the name of Jesus Christ, sometimes we just need to be seated. Sometimes we just need to sit down and shut up. Quit our murmuring, quit our crying, quit our complaining, because our enemies are our footstool, and you're not going to be able to put your feet up and put them under your feet. You're not going to be able to defeat the devil sometimes and get him under your feet because you're standing up and letting the world hear about all your problems, and all Christ is saying is sit down, shut up, keep your feet up, and you will be victorious in Jesus' name because I've made the world your footstool. Let me tell you something, church. He's under our feet because when I sit down, God stands up. And when God stands up, the enemy runs and he's defeated under my feet. They might stink sometimes, but praise God, they're washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. And I am free through the power of his name. Can you say amen? amen.
love this brother, this sister. Marty's goatee's too long. He wears a zipper tie. He needs a new haircut. Jesse doesn't smile when he's taking up the offering. Nobody ever shakes my hand. How come I can't teach a class like Sister Wanda? I'm here more frequently than she is. I know God can use me before he can use her. Woo! <laughs> Sit down. Put your feet up. He's the enemy. That's what he's going to be. As long as you're walking in the power of the name of Jesus. Sit down and put your feet up. When you sit down, God gets up. There's power in the name of Jesus. He's defeated. He doesn't have victory over your life. Cancer's got to walk. Arthritis has to go. Diabetes has to bend in the name of Jesus. A broken arm must line up. Attitudes must change. Addictions must flee. When? When you proclaim the name of Jesus, you sit down, shut up, and put your feet up because he's under there. Can you stand? How many is ready to do some sitting down? Sweating for nothing up here. Let's try this one more time. Everybody stand up. One, two, three. starting to get the hang of it? I know it takes a while when you ain't been living right, but that's okay. You just start standing up. You just, God, I'm giving it to you. I'm sitting down right now. I'm going to put my feet up on the footstool. If you have abided with me, in the power of the Son of your name, Jesus Christ.